Don't let the frogs get hot. I got Jacob Davis next to me from KTCU. We're going to break down this regional. TCU headed to the Fayetteville Regional. We'll talk about it next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. It is your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, Jacob Davis here with me. And TCU is headed to uh, the NCAA tournament. They qualified automatically by winning the Big 12 tournament. And, Jacob, I was sitting there on uh, on Memorial Day at like 11 a.m. watching the selection show. And I, I know that the committee typically likes to keep these things pretty regional. Like you don't you don't want to send somebody across the country for the most part. And so as the brackets started to get revealed and TC wasn't going to Baton Rouge, they weren't going to uh, – obviously they weren't going to go to Stillwater. They didn't end up in Palo Alto playing Stanford. And I started to think, oh, man, they might send the Frogs to Fayetteville like they did back in 2019. Um, I, I know you did some research today, but did you have like an initial reaction to – the draw itself, uh, and when you saw those other three teams get revealed, what you thought about TCU's chances kind of immediately when, when all that went down this morning? Well, the thing that jumps to mind is TCU's beaten Arkansas this year, and we can get a little more into the Razorbacks later, but uh, we were projected in the uh, Wake Forest bracket. So I think going to Fayetteville – you know, Frogs fans are going to be able to travel a little bit better than going all the way to North Carolina. Um, it's a, a team that TCU is a little bit more familiar with mm-hmm. than um, the, the Demon Deacons. And so it, it's good to see the Frogs getting an opportunity to keep it closer to home and play an opponent uh, that they are somewhat familiar with. And on that note that you brought up, poor Santa Clara having to go all the way to Arkansas instead of yeah. getting that Palo Alto regional. Yeah, that's true. Usually the four seed is kind of at the mercy of, of whatever happens. They end up having to pack up and travel a ways. But um, that's a good segue. So they did play Arkansas in the second game of the season. And, I mean, to tell you how long ago that was, Cam Brown was your number two starter at that time. Uh, it was coming off a nice performance by Ryan Vanderheide against Vandy. And they win that game 18-6. to Bats were going crazy. That was a weird start to the year. They won those two games, and they actually dropped a game to Mizzou um, on that Sunday night. But does that mean anything? I mean, I, I know you had a good note about, you know, a pitcher that sort of emerged that night in relief for TCU for the first time. But going back to February, can we really take anything from that matchup uh, that could give us – a clue as to what might happen this this upcoming weekend if those two teams face off. So in the sense of does anything matter for either team from that matchup? No. I mean, everything has changed. You mentioned the reliever who came in. That was Cole Klecker. He is probably Mm -hmm. TCU's ace at this point. Uh, It's such a different season right now. Uh, The SEC is an incredibly good conference, and um, Arkansas is a team maybe the one thing we can take away, they're a team that is beatable. They're a team that the offense can get stymied a little bit or slow down. And 
TCU can take advantage of that and score a lot of runs. And they were doing that then. They're doing that now. They just put up 48 over the weekend, set a new Big 12 record. So can you take anything specific from that game? No. But what you can take away is the floors and ceilings of TCU and Arkansas can really determine how this matchup goes. Potentially. Sure. No, and it's a good point. I mean, the the offense looked great that week, or that weekend, I should say. And then sort of had an up and down time, but the last few weeks they've they've been incredible. I'm talking about TCU, um, you know, hitting the ball to all fields, scoring a lot of runs. So let's focus a little bit on Arizona because that's the first round opponent. And uh, I was floored when I when you sent me this. I knew they were like red hot. They were 12 and 18 in Pac-12 play. And I know, I mean, back in 2019, which I mentioned earlier, when TCU went to Fayetteville. They were two games under 500 in the Big 12 that regular season. Like, these things can happen, but this is different. And they didn't even win the Pac-12 tournament. They did have a really good showing, though. Uh, Fell to Oregon in the title game, made a nice run. But um, they have some dudes in that lineup, Jacob. And, you know, it's highlighted by a a Golden Spikes type of player in Chase Davis. Um, But I was sort of looking at those numbers, and I'll let you sort of run with that more. But a lot of guys hitting over 300 and – some good pop in those bats as well. Yeah, they are the top offense in the Pac-12 when you go by uh, average. They're hitting 320, which is right above Stanford. Uh, on base, they're getting four, on 40, uh, sorry, 40.6% of the time. Like mm-hmm. Crazy good lineup. The headliner, Chase Davis, uh, he was a Golden Spikes Award midseason watch list guy. He's a junior. Hitting 369, 21 home runs, 74 RBIs. And this is just mind blowing. 496 OVP. So one out of two times he's going to the plate, he's getting on pace. Like that's yeah. nuts. It is nuts. He's been outstanding. Uh, but one, one strange thing about Arizona, you don't see a ton of teams with like a team ERA over five that are playing this type of year. Um, I would assume like lately, Jake, they've been pitching a little bit better, but that's that's not the strength of their team. That's not typically how they're going to win games, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They did run rule Stanford, and they beat ASU pretty handily, but that Oregon State game, uh, Oregon State was the two seed in the tournament, and they allowed a lot of runs. Um, their probable starter, I, you know, he could start the Friday game. Uh, or, yeah, that's against TCU. Uh, or they could save him for the next matchup. But mm-hmm. um, he threw game one against ASU in the final against Oregon. He is a 650 ERA guy on the year, giving up 1.73 walks or hits every inning he pitches. He started all 15 games that he's appeared in, thrown 70 innings, and they're hitting 317 against him. So, you know, if that's their best pitcher, if they're going to put their best foot forward, I think TCU has an opportunity to take care of business early and really start pushing this Arizona pitching staff like they did all weekend. Another aspect of this uh, that's fascinating, probably not the most optimistic stat for TCU fans, but Arkansas is really good at home. And I remember a few years back, TCU hung in in game one against the Hogs. Like, they won their first game. Nicola Dolo was on the mound. He pitched great, just couldn't score enough runs. And then Jared Jancic came and and pitched in the regional final. And Jared was a guy that the year before was, like, the ace of a College World Series staff or a couple years before that. And 
Um, I mean, he struggled, I, I, and that crowd got into it, and I think it kind of got in his head. But what's their record at home, Jacob? And and that's a that's a typical SEC atmosphere that you're walking into uh, over over the weekend. Yeah, good luck, UT and OU. You're not going to be winning anything in baseball or football. Uh, the the Razorbacks are 30 and four in Baumwalker Stadium this season. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's quite quite a number for Dave Van, Van Horn's club. Uh, but as we said, TCU beat them, you know, earlier this year, even though that was months ago, and they're playing red hot. And so I want to talk more about the frogs here in a moment. I do want to mention briefly, Built Bar. Built Bar is great tasting protein bar. Uh, you can go to builtbar.com, get your order there. Also, you can find them at Walmart or at Sam's Club. Um, typically only 160 to 180 calories, real ingredients. Uh, they use real chocolate. It tastes good, and it's not too bad for you. It's good for you also. Built Bar, if you want to do it in the retail store, you can go to Walmart or Sam's or order it online, builtbar.com, proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So, Jacob, last time we talked, uh, this team was flailing around, didn't have a clear direction. They had just kind of shaken up and reworked their pitching staff um, by moving uh, Luis Rodriguez and Cole Klecker to the top of it. But TCU closed strong. You know, they – um, took two out of three from Cal State Fullerton, swept Baylor, took two out of three from K-State, won the Big 12 tournament by going 4-0. What has been the biggest difference in your mind the last month plus of the season that has led to such a huge turnaround for Kirk Sarlis' club? Yeah, the biggest difference is definitely the pitching, limiting runs, and part of that is putting Luis Rodriguez into the rotation, although he did have the tough opening game against Kansas State. Um, but yeah, limiting Cal State and Baylor in back-to-back games and at three straight to one run. They held that really good Texas State lineup that lit the Frogs up in San Marcos mm-hmm. to only two back home in Fort Worth. Uh, and then they run-ruled the first two games of the Big 12 tournament, only allowed three runs from Kansas State in that second game. And they've also shown a lot of resilience, too. So besides the pitching, whenever the Frogs go down, you know, one nothing early, the bats come alive, they have the pitchers back, and they're not falling into, you know, a 2-0, 3-0 hole and not stringing things together. So those have been the two really big differences, and they have come at the right time for the Frogs. Pitching is definitely better. Also hitting the ball better. Um, Braden Taylor has had an outstanding season. I would say sort of went through the slump in the middle of the year, but now your all-time career home runs leader for TCU. I mean, that's a special moment, Jacob, for as good as this program has been for him to be at the top. And uh, he's just a freak, both, you know, hitting the ball and playing third base. He's just a, an absolute dude. How fun is it to watch him? play on a you know daily weekly basis as you've got to cover this team yeah i mean it he's been so special like it's clear why eric longenhagen had him as his number two prospect in the upcoming Mm -hmm. draft uh man i would love if the rangers could somehow get him i don't think it's happening but um (laughs) yeah i i I was really impressed by his defense this weekend like he really showed what he's able to do over at third um he gets a lot of tough plays and like I remember the Frogs got into a little bit of a jam. I think it was in the second Kansas State game. And he was able to get a guy out at third and then also get a double play like 
five three and just shut it down got the frogs out of the inning and like you said with the home runs that was an incredibly special moment getting to become the all-time leader he hit three home runs in the tournament overall was the most outstanding player i think he hit 500 you know just incredible showing from him and as long as he is hot and the people around him are getting on base like the frogs offense will be putting points on the board a couple uh pitching questions for you you know one guy that sort of emerged for me is sam stoutenborough it's not always pretty like he's he's not gonna miss a ton of bats he's guys make contact but for the most part he's been able to hang in games um you know go five or six innings deliver quality starts uh, how big has his emergence kind of been in this back half of the season as a real deal third starter that they can roll out there on a on a weekly basis yeah it's been absolutely huge um talking back again to february that's how he started the season was right. that sort of third starter against missouri and he had a good showing that day and then against cal fullerton um you know that's kind of around the, the time the frogs were shaking up that pitching rotation and he only gave up two earned runs in that game one earned run against baylor one earned run against kansas state in the uh, final season series and then mm -hmm. the three earned runs in the tournament but you know he held down the frogs pitching staff they only had to use two arms that game because of him and a belt's amazing performances he went five and two thirds and uh coach you know left him in helped him uh let him get out of some jams and he also struck out three get a lot of really good movement on his pitches and you know it's been huge for the frogs after losing Vanderheim, cam brown and uh having some of those changes going on in the uh the pitching rotation definitely good to see him settle in and knowing that you can go uh lewis rodriguez cole clecker mm -hmm. sam stoutenborough every weekend so the bullpen uh it's kind of been a, a game of musical chairs all season long as far as who do you trust the most um luke savage is back though he looked good. And another guy you mentioned, Ben Abelt. I, I, I don't know why, Jacob. I guess I just didn't realize until like the last few weeks just how electric his stuff can be. Like he was throwing 93-94 against K-State and that relief appearance, getting a lot of strikeouts. Uh, are those the two names that you trust the most in big situations down, the, you know, in, in the postseason? I know Garrett Wright struck out the side um, on Sunday as well, but – who are a few of the the arms that you're going to watch and that you feel like Kirk is going to make the call to the pin, um, you know, as soon as the starters run into trouble this week? Yeah. By the way, you're exactly right about actually getting to see the miles per hour on the score bug. Uh, that makes a big difference for going, whoa. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know Ben Abel was throwing 94. So, right. um, and then also, I, I love his delivery. Um, I, I think... He hit a dude because uh, he has this like drop down kind of sidearm thing. Mm -hmm. He hit a right hander in the back. I'm pretty sure. So like just a crazy awesome pitcher to watch aesthetically. But yeah, Ben Abelt's probably my number one name out of the pin. Uh, 417 ERA on the year and earlier in the season, like the middle of the season, you know, when the Frogs were having their little bit of a slide, he had started giving up a couple runs. He had the tough start against West Virginia, but out of the bullpen, he's been so good. And he's been getting that ERA lower and lower uh, as the season's gone on. 
Luke Savage, too. You know, you talked mm-hmm. about his performance this weekend. He was great against Oklahoma State, held it down against Kansas, and uh, also had a good outing against Kansas State the weekend before. So he's picked it up right at the exact time. You know, it, he's a guy who potentially could get a spot start because he was also planned to be in the rotation right. at the beginning of the year. So um, I don't think it's likely, but yeah, he's a dude that could go four innings in a game. If something mm-hmm. were, you know, if cam gets a start and gets into a little bit of trouble, Luke Savage is there. Um, Hunter Hodges, his last couple of relief appearances, just one pitch, one out, and then three pitches, two outs, just super efficient. Cohen Feaser has been really good. He gave up a couple runs uh, yesterday against Oklahoma State, but he hadn't pitched since the Kansas State series. And before that, he had a, a sub two ERA. So he's just been really consistent when coach has been using him. Garrett Wright, uh, you talked about his striking out the side. And he was also second team all Big 12. Um, so I think he's another guy who's finally really settling in. And, you know, we saw Jax Traeger. And Chase Hoover in game one, they both had good outings for the Frogs um, to, again, save arms. Mm -hmm. And they're two guys that are not really TCU's primary bullpen arms. Um, You know, we've kind of gone over the other ones, but Jax Traeger, I I was really impressed with what he did. Get only allowing one run in that inning that he came in where the bases were loaded. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what the TCU bullpen's been looking like. and. Any of those guys, if they're coming into the game, like I I have a good feeling about them being able to get TCU out of any situation. I got one more question slash theory I want to ask Jacob about, but we'll take a a quick break here and we'll be back on Locked on Orange Frogs. Okay, so uh, Jacob, before we go, I I feel like sometimes I'm a little too obsessed is probably the wrong word, but I, I I I get too fixated on this guy. But Cam Brown, the stuff is there. And it's it's just kind of uh, you never know what you're gonna get, but he he threw in that game against K State on Wednesday in the opening game of the Big Twelve tournament, and my man is just always laboring. Like he pitched fairly well, but he got helped out by Carson Bowen throwing somebody out at third. Got I think a double play maybe on the next pitch. Um, anyway, threw like a hundred pitches in four innings or three and a third or whatever it ended up being just walked a bunch of um, dudes, but I mean, limited the damage on the scoreboard. I know he had a, a good spot start against Louisiana last year in the NCAA tournament, but I want to throw this theory at at you and I don't have numbers in front of me, but I know that he, he came in in that K state series a few weeks ago and was really good in relief. Um, And in the past two seasons, like he's made a couple of relief appearances when things have gone poorly for the scheduled starter and has done a nice job. Could we ever see, or do you think it's possible or a good idea that on a night where they would need Cam to start, could we see an opener? Could we see someone for one or two innings and then you bring Cam in and hopefully get four or five? Um, Because again, like it's there, it's been there for three years. He just has never been able to fully bring it together. You know, I would love that. I don't think coach thinks in that way. I don't sure. think he yeah. he thinks opener. He goes, well, no, this guy's my starter. So mm-hmm. Cam Brown's my reliever. So I, I think we're more likely to just see Cam Brown get rolled out as a starter, like we saw against Kansas State in a crucial game uh, in the 
uh, Big 12 Big tournament. tournament. Yeah, the, the first game of the series, like setting the tone. And you're right, he walks the six guys. And, um, you know, that's just kind of been the story of Cam is, is hitting guys and walking guys. And when you look at the raw numbers, like only eight uh, hit by pitch, but, you know, he's doing it every third appearance uh hitting a guy or two and uh the free passes always come back to haunt tcu and you know he's got great stuff just like you said we see it in the strikeout numbers too he's thrown 48 innings he struck out 55 like he could do that but if guys aren't swinging at your stuff because you're just throwing balls yeah then you got a real problem and i remember the west virginia series that was the first kind of comeback for him after getting you know I, I don't know if he had an injury or if he got you know quote unquote benched um as a starter but he came into the West Virginia game and TCU had just clawed back you know they had made it seven to 14 they looked like maybe they could get back in it and not get swept and uh he gave up three walks um gave up the all the earned runs and yeah. TCU got run ruled and his game ERA for that day was 99 in his zero innings pitched. Um, yeah. Don't know. use that example. That doesn't back up my theory super well. No, um, I mean, that, but, but I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's always a, I mean, it's always a Jekyll and Hyde thing and he's had a lot of chances. I think he'll get a chance this weekend because you have to have a lot of arms and whether it's in relief or as a starter, he's, He's the guy that can give you innings, but it's it's always just a coin flip on to what, what version of of him you're gonna get. But he did look I mean the walks the walks were the walks, but he looked better against K State. You know, the the thing about Cam Brown is he's a great guy. The dude's a freak mentally. Like I was talking to somebody who's around the team and he was like, Yeah, he'll be in a hotel room just watching college baseball. Like he loves the game. And he's a local kid, too. So I love that. Uh, he's a great guy. And I hope wherever he goes in the MLB, you know, they can get that control tightened up. Really give because I, I know he's really into the pitching mechanics, the biomechanics thing about that. And, you know, I, I want him to really lock in, get his routine down and just throw some strikes. Sure. Uh, that, that's what you got to do to be effective with all the, the moving stuff is you need guys to maybe think you're not going to walk them. Mm -hmm. uh, Jacob, will you be doing uh, pre and post game coverage for KTCU this weekend uh, while they're at the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. And you can listen to that on 88.7 FM. That's KTCU, mm -hmm. the choice in Fort Worth. We also have a stream that you can listen to online. Uh, so check that out and, you can also hear me. Uh, I didn't mention this last time. I have a podcast called Second Cut from the film magazine, and we talk about mixed review movies and have a fun time. Second Cut podcast and uh, TCU baseball on KTCU. I'm a K former KTCU DJ slash on air personality. So it's a good station. Good to listen to Jeff Craig and James McCall do a great job uh, running that thing. And so thank you to Jacob for being here. Um, we'll be locked into. TCU baseball this weekend, and hopefully we're talking about a super regional appearance um, next week. It's locked on Horn Frog. It is your team.